This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to Skaboom listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash Skaboom. That's betterhelp.com slash Skaboom. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. There is a famous photo called Ladies' Tea Party, taken in August 1980 by the noted music photographer Michael Putland. The story behind the photo is that while on tour, Blondie lead singer Deborah Harry hosted a tea party at a London hotel, gathering together many of the most prominent women in music at the time. Chrissy Hine was there, Susie Sue, the Slits guitarist Viv Albertine, Pauline Black from The Selector, and Polly Styrene from X-Ray Specs. In 1980, there was the widespread belief that there was only room for one female performer in each genre. If another appeared, they were expected to battle it out for the title of Queen of Pop, Soul, Disco, or Punk. Think Madonna versus Cyndi Lauper just a few years later. Harry was keen to cut through that thinking. She later said of the gathering, I really wanted to get together with all the punk females for an afternoon of celebration. If you did that today, you would need more than a hotel room. I would need a hall. It has changed a lot. It's really grown, hasn't it? Indeed it has. Unfortunately, Rhoda Dakar of the Body Snatchers wasn't invited to the party that day. Like all the women in that picture, she's also a pioneer who doesn't always get the credit she deserves for her contribution to expanding the reach of women musicians and women's story and music. Music critic Ellen Willis from The Village Voice once wrote, Rock is, among other things, a potent means of expressing the active emotions, anger, aggression, lust, the joy of physical exertion that feed all freedom movements. And it is no accident that women musicians have been denied access to this powerful musical language. Gender equality in the music industry has substantially improved since Willis made this statement in the 70s. But the 70s was a time when rock and roll was almost exclusively written and performed by male artists. What has historically been a male-dominated vocation dating as far back as the Renaissance period, is now more equitable, allowing for both men and women to display their talents. But historically, in order to be a professional musician, women had to overcome social expectations, be educated in music, have time to create, have encouragement for creative work, and to have performances, recordings, or publications of their music available. Even in the 19th century, 
The ideal model of femininity was the true woman who married, stayed at home, raised her children, and acted as a moral guide for the family. These women could perform privately and even compose simple music, but performing for profit or writing in complicated musical forms like symphonies undermined their femininity and the social status of their family. So, to be a professional female musician, you either had to be a nun and perform music only for your religion, be born into a family of musicians whose reputation you would not jeopardize, or risk your familial reputation and be seen as a bad and rebellious woman. Because of the work of the women's movement fighting for equality and the vote, these social expectations have lessened significantly. However, female actresses and musicians are still frequently judged harshly, particularly on social media, for their personal choices regarding marriage, divorce, parenting, and not staying at home to raise their children. Think Britney Spears. Hi, I'm Mark Wasserman. Welcome to Two-Tone Legacy, a special audio documentary series of the Skaboom podcast that focuses on the stories behind 10 iconic songs that contribute to the enduring legacy of two-tone music and its ongoing impact on popular culture. The question I have been asking across these recent episodes is, more than 40 years after Two-Tone, what makes so many of its songs still so relevant? I think the answer is that Two-Tone bands were singing to multiracial audiences about police brutality, racism, and dance floor violence. They sang about unwanted pregnancy, life in public housing, and a whole range of issues that are still sadly as relevant today as ever. But more importantly, perhaps, The best two-tone songs represented different sections of society that were often overlooked. Women, the working class, and people of color. These are all different yet interconnected voices that needed to be heard and needed to be encouraged to tell their own stories. One of the first times I had a chance to speak with Pauline Black of The Selector, she noted that two-tone wasn't just supposed to be about addressing racism, but also sexism. On the latter, the all-male bands that made up the two-tone movement missed opportunities to address the challenges facing women and women of color in particular in England in the late 70s and early 80s. That responsibility fell to a band in a song that is probably one of the more overlooked gems of the two-tone era. remember the first time I heard the Body Snatchers. I had just purchased the U.S. version of the Dance Craze LP, and while I recognized the songs by the specials, the beat, Madness, the Selector, and Bad Manners, I was surprised to hear one song by a band I was not familiar with. It was Easy Life by the Body Snatchers, and it very quickly became a favorite. But given the live nature of the song, it was really difficult to make out the somewhat garbled lyrics of the verses. 
Now, with more refined ears, I can hear that the band was still learning to play its instruments, but they were saved by the pure energy and enthusiasm of their performance, which carried them through. Watch the Dance Craze movie and you'll see what I mean. The band decided on the name Body Snatchers because they said, the music is body snatching, but deciding on what material to play was less straightforward. Although they had taken inspiration from the specials, and it was indeed their intention to play ska in its new two-tone form, they found the pace of ska was too much for an inexperienced group of musicians. Instead, they opted for a slower style in the form of Rocksteady. Now that the band had found a style of music within their somewhat limited capabilities, they collected together a number of songs which would give the band a set to play live. They chose some old reggae ska songs to cover such as Monkey Spanner, 007, and a song which was to become their first single, Let's Do Rocksteady. Also among their early set list was a reggae version of London Bridges Falling Down. Once they were confident enough, they composed their first original song, The Boiler, which I have covered in a previous episode. While the band were on tour with The Selector, their single Let's Do Rocksteady entered the charts at number 44 and peaked at number 16, which earned them an appearance on top of the pops. With a single in the charts and the two-tone connection, the band received moderate media coverage and made the occasional TV appearance. The band had signed a two-single deal with Two-Tone, and for the second release, an original was selected, Easy Life. Although the band were pleased with the single, and it certainly deserved a higher position chart than 50, by this stage of 1980, Two-Tone was beginning to lose its appeal with the record-buying public. Sadly, the band broke up shortly afterwards. Despite not breaking the top 40, Easy Life may be one of the most deceptively revolutionary Two-Tone songs of all time. Though it sounds like an upbeat feminist ditty, and is remarkably catchy and danceable, a close read of the lyrics reveals some real layers to the song. Easy Life addresses and rejects the pressure and refusal to conform to predetermined, often media-driven constructs of femininity. Dakar sings, We are near to an equality, girls and boys with pay parity. We are near to an equality, the law says there is equal opportunity, but still it's a struggle. Yes, life is still a struggle. According to Daniel Rachel's amazing two-tone oral history, Walls Come Tumbling Down, Easy Life was about not taking the easy option and girls doing something more challenging, more creative than going for the safe norm. Body Snatchers bassist Nikki Summers shared that she studied modern languages at school, but was told the best she was going to be was a bilingual secretary. Yeah, also when I come when I walk in after midnight, yes, not enough fuss and fight, everyone should be all right. Instead, Easy Life challenged 1970 British society's prevailing and very much entrenched attitude regarding the role of women, something we're still grappling with today, and acknowledged how difficult it was and is to defy these imposed expectations and fight for real equality, particularly for young women just reaching adulthood. Dakar rejects women's natural fate in society to procreate and clean for my man impress his trousers, while espousing equality and equal pay for women. Dakar was just 20 years old when she wrote the lyrics, noting to Rachel that the good thing about young people is that their ideas are pure and unfettered. Of the lyric, is it our natural fate? Do we just have to procreate? She said, I thought motherhood would drag you down, but with the genius of hindsight, I now know it's an empowering role. Once you have physically invested in the future, you're going to be one. Paul Williams, author of You're Wondering Now, the specials from Conception to Reunion, and lead singer of the Scapones put Easy Life into context. I think Easy Life um, 
uh, and obviously the track that came with it to experience because it was a double A side, you know, as we had in the olden days, of course, um, shows a distinct way that Body Snatchers would have gone. I think I think they'd have got really quite heavy um, lyrically, uh, musically as well. They were getting very dark, I think, um, and. You know, they are one band that I would have loved an album from without shadow of a doubt. They had a great sound, um, you know, driven by Nicky Summers and, um, you know, uh, Nicky has a has had a blog for a couple of years, although it's not, it's a shame she's not really filled it out much, but there's a lot of information on it and uh, about, about the her time with the Body Snatchers and stuff. But the song itself is, you know, it's, you know, it's talking about you know, you don't have to accept what life or society throws at you if you're a female, and, and that's a very strong, powerful thing, especially, again, in those days uh, when it wasn't as, you know, like it is nowadays where, you know, um, women are empowered and, and stuff like that. So, but, um, so it's a brave thing. It's very political as well, you know. And people say, oh, you know, a lot of things about Two Tom, not, you know, about it being just good tunes and stuff. They're well off, they're well off the mark, well off the mark, as this shows as well, because this is as politically and, and socially uh, great commentary as, as, as any of the Two Tom singles of that ilk um, were, you know. Um, I think also Easy Life's very popular out as, as well because it was one of the songs featured on Dance Craze, which was where well, it was really cranked up for its danceability. And uh, for me, it's one of the greatest tracks on the album, uh, a Dance Craze album. But um, but no, they were they were going in great places. I really, out of all the two tone bands, um, I really do miss the fact that we didn't get a Body Snatchers album. Although we've heard all the John Peel sessions, well, what it could have been like, it would have been amazing. Um, an easy life was an, a great taster of where the band would go in. Um, and it's such a shame that the band w- was short-lived. My rude boy George bandmate Jenny Whiskey, who leads the all-woman ska band Rude Girl Review, shared her thoughts on the legacy of the song. You know, the Body Snatchers, particularly Rhoda's lyrics, hit on a lot of those topics that were just not being discussed in ska music at the time. Uh, violence against women. And then in Easy Life, you know, she talks a lot about the societal pressure of choosing the path you want, choosing your passion over the easy way out, you know, being a wife, um, being a caretaker and a mother. And I think that through line still exists today, you know, to a different extent. I mean, I was afforded all the choices um, of my generation to be able to go to college, to make the choice to pursue a career or play music. And, you know, I think what it really boils down to is the ever-present concept of emotional labor that inherently comes with womanhood in a patriarchal society. I mean, we're, we still see it. We still feel it every day, whether it be pressure on the way we look or how we should behave or speak, you know? And I think that she mentions it when she says, still, it's hard, you know, it's a hard life. Yeah. I mean, nothing worth pursuing is ever going to come easy. So at the end of the day, she wants us to go forward and wants us to move ahead and do what it is that we want to do and and rings true to our hearts and our passions. And I think that's so important, um, especially coming from people who came before us. As we brace for what appears to be the repeal of Roe versus Wade in the U.S., easy life takes on more relevance. Are we as a society going to maintain the progress made over the last 50 years or are we going to go in reverse? With that, 
I'll leave you with Rhoda Dakar's re-recording of Easy Life from her album Rhoda Dakar Sings the Body Snatchers. Enjoyed this episode of The Legacy of Two-Tone. I want to thank my co-producer and engineer, Rob George, for making me sound good, and to Paul Williams and Jenny Whiskey for their contributions. My book, Skaboom, is available from DeWolf Publishing at dewolf.com. That's D-I-W-U-L-F.com, as well as on Amazon. Thanks for listening and take care. <laughs>